Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, we are continuing our team previews, and we are talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, our second venture into the AFC North. We talked about Cleveland earlier. we got Baltimore coming up here soon, Cincinnati a little bit after that. Um, it was another year, um, another winning year for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, despite a real bad start to the season. Started 3-7, and seven, finished 9-8. and eight. Um, We got to see Kenny Pickett. For a good part of the year, he started in 12 games. They went seven and five with him. Um, offense was definitely not as good as it has been in the past, but I think was a little bit, in my opinion, was a little bit better than what um, it had been in recent years. Um, but we are looking at uh, how they're going to fare in 2023. Some of their free agent moves. We'll get the ball rolling here. Um, they started with an overtime win against Cincinnati that was maybe the win that caused the largest overreaction of the year out of the NFL. Joe Burrow really struggled. Mitch Trubisky led the Steelers to a win. Um, it was on and the on road podcast. in Cincinnati. It was a huge overreaction by everybody besides Brady Russell. Um, but <laughs> the Steelers followed that win up by losing four straight. They lost to New England, Cleveland, the Jets, and the Bills got crushed 38-3 to before pulling off a win against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Um, uh, cool for Kenny Pickett to get a win against the greatest quarterback of all time. That's sick. Uh, but they followed that up with back-to-back losses to Miami and Philadelphia. They were two and six at that point, walked into their bye week in what seemed assured to be a lost season for Pittsburgh. They came out of their bye week beating New Orleans before a tough loss to Cincinnati, dropped into three and seven, but it was from there that Pittsburgh bounced back. They beat the Colts, the Falcons. They lost a tough one to the Ravens before closing the season out with four straight wins against Carolina, Las Vegas, Baltimore, and Cleveland. They got to nine and eight. And ultimately, what the reason they did not make the playoffs was because of that week seven loss to Miami, who did make the playoffs. So any one other game going differently, Pittsburgh would have been in the playoffs. But Mike Tomlin kept his winning season record, uh, winning seasons record going. Um, as I said, Kenny Pickett was a starter for the majority of the year. Twelve games started. Mitch Trubisky did start five. Uh, Pickett, sixty-three uh, percent completions, two thousand four hundred four yards, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, the team was led in rushing by Najee Harris, who had 1,000 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Kenny Pickett did add three rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, the team was led in uh, receptions by uh, Deontay Harris, 86 catches, 892 yards, but no uh, receiving touchdowns. They were led in that category by the rookie George Pickens, who had four. Najee Harris also added three himself, uh, but it was the defense that really stepped up. Um, Miles Jack uh, was a big addition for them. Minka Fitzpatrick led the team with six interceptions. Levi Wallace added another four. Um, in terms of sacks, the team was led by Alex Highsmith, who they just re-signed to a big contract. 14 and a half sacks. Cam Hayward added another 10. TJ Watt had five and a half on the year, but he only played in 10 games. Um, he was injured for a good chunk of that season before coming back in time for them to start winning some games. So Mitch, Nine and eight for a team that was walking in real young across the board there. Not a lot of expectations. And even at the two and six, three and seven point of the year, fewer expectations. But all in all, what were your thoughts on Pittsburgh in 2022? Yeah, so looking at the offense, the it was a very mixed bag last year, as we've talked about. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett, it wasn't the greatest rookie year. Uh, for a quarterback, but we got to remember he comes from a bad quarterback class. He was a second, third round pick. 
So got to temper some expectations. You know, he wasn't going to come in there and light the world on fire, but I thought he did pretty decent for uh, the situation he was in and what he had around him. Um, the rushing attack was a little bit uh, disappointing as well. If you just look at Najee Harris's like stats at face value, I mean, over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. Yeah, that seems pretty good. But when you kind of look deeper into it, uh, he was only at, he averaged uh, under four yards a carry, which is not that great. Um, so I feel like that hurt them a lot. Um, you know, the, the disappointment of Chase Claypool that led to his uh, trade didn't help at all. Um, but George Pickens looked like he's going to, you know, fill that void very well. Um, and the defense, I thought, played well again, especially the emergence of Alex Highsmith, who had 14 and a half sacks. And he said that's great because um, that other position from T.J. Watts can kind of been a sore spot for a while. So it looks like they might finally have something to pair with him. Um and yeah, they did just enough to uh, keep the win streak alive. Uh, a lot, some disappointments, but I feel like Mike Tomlin uh, has enough on this roster to get things going in the right direction again. From what I saw last year. Kind of. What were your thoughts? Um, for Pittsburgh, it. I mean, really, the. I can't say that there's a luckier head coach than Mike Tomlin, honestly. And you could you could say that he's not lucky because the one game that they did lose was the game that they needed to win so that they could make the playoffs. Um, or when but he tried like to trip guy, Jacoby Jones. Yeah. Um, but the guy is a, the guy is a good coach. No one can ever go uh can um say that that he's not. I mean, we saw how they struggled at the beginning of the season. Mike Tomlin was able to pull this team together um, when they were, you know, two and six to have them finish nine and eight, you know, winning seven of their last nine. Um, and against some, you know, quality teams, you have New Orleans in there. You have uh, actually, yeah, New Orleans, you have um, Carolina who was running, doing well at the, at the end, Baltimore that you get a win in. Uh, Cleveland, who was streaking towards the end there, too. Like, you got some really, really good wins. I do think that their schedule helped them out just a little bit. You, I mean, you had Indianapolis. You had um, uh, Las Vegas. You had some of those other guys that weren't playing as well. But you you took advantage of those situations, and you beat teams that you you should have been able to beat, which at the beginning of the season, you can't really say. I mean, you, you lost to a New York Jets team that had Zach Wilson starting. You lost to a New England Patriots team whose offense wasn't doing that well. Um and so, like they did, they did exactly what they needed to to do in this. Like what was what was missing in the first half of the season, they were able to fix towards the second in that second half of the season after the bye. They were able to win those closer games. I mean, you can look at the beginning. You lost to New England by three. You lost to New York by four. Lost by Miami by six. You were able to switch that on their head. You were able to beat Indianapolis in a one possession game, Atlanta in a one possession game, Las Vegas, Baltimore in one possession games. So like you were able to, um, kind of tour, uh, turn it around and and really, um, get it work, have it work in your favor. And Mike Tomlin deserves all of the credit for that. Their defense stepped up like it usually does on these Mike Tomlin teams. They were forcing turnovers. They were able to, um 
Yeah, all the credit goes to Alex Highsmith and members of that defensive line as they stepped up after TJ Watt went down. Um uh, and and the the offense was able to find some of its groove. I think Najee Harris is a good running back, but I he I think he was a little down this year than what I was kind of expecting out of him and what he could do. Uh, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens should be a good um a good connection moving forward, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop as uh as a duo. Um and so this offense this offense is still a question mark for me, but I think towards the end they by Tomlin is able to bring some unity to that team. And, you know, th- that's why they were just as streaky towards the end. Yeah. I mean, I think the number one issue with this offense all in all has to be turnovers. Um, You know, f- fourth in the league in turnovers, 19 on the year, second in the league in fumbles lost Um, an offense who was very middle of the pack and throwing the ball, you know, uh, uh 16, uh, 16th in the league, exactly midpoint on attempts, um, but 24th in yards, last in the league on passing touchdowns, 17th in the league on passing interceptions, finished as a team, 12 passing touchdowns, 14 interceptions thrown, which is crazy um, because their defense was so good at forcing turnovers. Their defense led the league last year in interceptions, 20 on the year. Um, And this team was so committed to running the ball, um, 10th in attempts, 16th in yards, um, 11th in touchdowns, um, but 25th in yards per attempt as a team, they barely averaged four rushing yards per game and their defense was so good at stopping the rush top 10 in almost all categories, um, uh, rushing, but it was really, you got to break down the average drive here. They were second in the league in, um, average, uh, time per drive first in the league in average plays, um, but 17th in yards and 23rd in points per drive. So this was a team that, you know, could run the ball eat some clock, pick up a first down, almost pick up a second down, uh, second first down, and then was really struggling after that. You know, Um, they won a lot of one possession games, seven wins by one possession. Um, They lost a lot of one possession games, five losses by one possession. Kenny Pickett, I thought, looked looked good at times. Um, I thought a couple of his games, especially that that primetime game against Baltimore, I thought he looked really, really good. Um, but I, I, there's so much more that I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see a lot more out of guys like Pat Fryermuth. I would have liked to see a lot more out of the running back position. I like what they're doing with Najee Harris, um, but he, he's got to, man, he's got to pump those average numbers up. And maybe that's offensive line just not getting push. Um, maybe it's the system. I don't, I'm not 100% certain, but this is a Pittsburgh team that historically has had some really good halfbacks and Najee Harris, I think has the potential to be a very good halfback, but they've got to, they've got to work a way into this offense to get him more, just more yards. They've got to get him more space. They've got to get him into areas where he can excel um, as, as a halfback. And, and right now there's just too many inside runs where they're not getting the push there's too many zone concepts where they're not getting the holes it's it's tough um george pickens had some really great moments for them um you know but he's definitely a guy who like is really buying into his own bullshit a little bit um with with how good of a receiver he thinks he is um but 52 catches 801 yards four touchdowns all in all, very good, and he stayed relatively healthy. Played in all 17 games last year, started in 12 of them. Um, but we talk about we talk about halfback depth. Um, not a ton of production for anybody running the ball outside of uh, Najee Harris, and something that they they really should get a number two in there. And if it ends up being Kenny Pickett, you know, 237 rushing yards, 
then it ends up being Kenny Pickett. But I don't know. I don't know. Pittsburgh has some issues on offense. Defensively, absolutely fantastic, though. Let's take a look at their offseason acquisitions, um, gains and losses here. They did trade for Allen Robinson from the Rams. Um, they also picked up Isaac Suamalo, uh, one of the starting left guards for the Eagles last year. Marcus Golden and Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals and Vikings, respectively. Um, they also went out and got um, Chandon Sullivan, former Packer, Nate Herbig, Quan Alexander. They did lose Miles Jack. There's a lot of names on here that they went and uh, picked up and a couple of names that they lost also here um, in that secondary and a couple of other positions there. Mitch, looking at Pittsburgh's free agent gains and losses, what stands out to you? It's been kind of crazy how the inside linebacker position since Ryan Shazier's just kind of been a revolving door uh, for them. You know, you bring in Miles, Jackie, Jack, Devin Bush. They're both now out. So you bring in Cole Holcomb and Lynn Roberts, Quan Alexander, and the like. Um, it's just been insane to watch. But just looking at their losses, I think the only big loss for them is Cam Sutton. I feel like he's been a really good cornerback for them. Um, and replacing him with guys like Patrick Peterson, who's, you know, past his prime, and Shannon Sullivan, who he's okay at the nickel position, but there's a reason why he's on his third team in three years. But the couple, two guys that I do like that they picked up is Isaac Smallhoop, the really the the guy in that Eagles offensive line who doesn't get the limelight, but he only gave up one sack last year. And that's what their kind of production they're going to need from this offensive line, especially in the interior. And then a guy that I talked about uh, last uh, episode with Washington, Cole Holcomb coming into that inside back position. Uh, he was hurt last year, but when he was able to play the, a full season in 2021, uh, he had 142 tackles, two forced fumbles, two picks, and seven pass breakups. So that's definitely the kind of production that they've sorely lacked at the inside inside linebacker uh, position. And then uh, a guy that they picked up recently, Marcus Golden, the he's a very uh, unheralded guy, but he's a very productive who can get you you know, six to eight sacks a year. So to put that behind guys like T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, I think is a very uh, shrewd and savvy move for them. Gather, what are your thoughts? Um, For Pittsburgh, it's – I kind of agree with Mitch. I think trying to bring in – guy bring in a guy like Patrick Peterson you know who's going to be 33 34 this season to kind of uh, shore up one of those uh corner spots is going to be interesting I mean we saw that Peterson was could, could be somewhat productive um over the last couple of years but um there's a reason that he's only been really like one year at places over the last couple uh for for a little bit I think losing Miles Jack in the middle um, I don't think they thought it was much of a loss, but then he ended up, he's now uh, a starter for the Eagle, uh, looking to be a starter for the Eagles on their first team. Um, and when we're talking about like that stand up linebacker position, I think that that's some place that it, there's a little bit of a loss. He did add um, Roberts from Miami and some other guys um, there. And you have some guys on roster that could, that could fill that spot, but this miles Jack had 65% of snaps. Um, it wasn't much of a loss in terms of payout. He was, not much money. Um, in terms of guys that you added, though, um, I think getting you got Shannon Sullivan, the other uh defensive back from the Vikings. Um, you got Nate Herberg, um, to come in, and uh, Isaac. How do you oh, say his last name, Brady? Suamalo. 
Suomalu um, to help with those guard positions, which I think should really help you out. Um, Alan Robinson, you can kind of bring in, um, but he had a disappointing year in Los Angeles. So I'm be interested to kind of see what he does. But the one signing I think that could really help them is Keanu Neal from Tampa Bay coming in in that pass in uh, the back, uh, the the secondary kind of in that, the uh, back end kind of working as, as a safety to try to um, help with, with that. end. I think Keanu Neal could, if he, if, um, Mike Tomlin can do his work that he can usually do do with uh secondary players. Um, I think Keanu Neal's in a good place for him, and that could definitely help. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, a lot of secondary turnover here. Um, you know, we talk about uh guys like Cam Sutton leaving, um, uh, William Jackson, Akilo Witherspoon. Um, they brought in a, a good amount of talent. You know, Patrick Peterson and Shannon Sullivan. But let's not sit here and pretend that that Minnesota was known for having a famously good secondary last year. Um, uh, I think the Keanu Neal pick is, is your signing is, is really solid. Um, and I, I also do worry about that linebacker core, you know, losing both miles Jack and Devin Bush is, is tough. And then you add in the loss of Terrell Edmonds um, as well on the, uh, on the secondary there the safety position that that that's a lot of really quality talent in that on that defensive side of the ball that Pittsburgh has has lost now some extensions I really like that they did you know Larry Ogunjobi they recently re-signed Alex Highsmith to an extension um there's some moves there that I really like obviously I hate them for not bringing Derek Watt back that's awful terrible decision Pittsburgh burning hell um but um I think bringing Allen Robinson into the mix is actually extremely beneficial to this team you know if he can work as a solid outside wide receiver but he can also teach George Pickens how to use his height help Deontay um Johnson um I, I think that that's huge for them a great weapon and they really didn't give much up for the trade little worried about what they're they're paying a 30 year old but it is what it is um you know, all in all, I think that this was a productive offseason for Pittsburgh, um, bringing in a lot of depth position, bringing in a starting guard, bringing in a, a wide receiver who can help you. Um, you know, linebacker has been a carousel for them, but it's it's kind of been that way since Ryan Shazier got hurt, and it hasn't been a huge detriment to this team. It hasn't really been the reason they've lost a ton of games. Um, so I'm curious to see how that continues to work out. I think Mike Tomlin is one of the most underrated defensive head coaches in the league. Um, but uh, offensively, I, I think I would have liked to see this team do a little bit more. There was quite a few running backs out there who I think could really have helped this team out um, in terms of just, just adding another weapon for them to to address. But all in all, I think it's, I think it's a pretty solid off season. Let's move on to Pittsburgh's uh, draft picks. They had moved up here um, to draft right tackle Broderick Jones, number 14 overall out of Georgia. They followed it up in the second round, taking uh, son of former Pittsburgh Steeler great Joey Porter. They take Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State with a 32nd overall pick in the draft. Um, they follow it up in the Second round, also taking another Wisconsin defender. Boy, did them Steelers love the Wisconsin Badgers. Taking defensive tackle Keanu Benton um, in the uh, third round. They went and took Darnell Washington, the tight end, out of Georgia. Huge kind of sleeper pick there. They followed up in the fourth round, taking another Badger, Nate Nick Herbig, linebacker out of Wisconsin. Um, in the uh, 
seventh round, they took Corey Trice Jr., defensive back out of Purdue. Um, they also took offensive lineman uh, Spencer Anderson out of Maryland um, and had a couple of undrafted rookie free agents. So taking a look at their draft, all, all in all, some offensive line depth um, help with the at the pass catcher position. Skyler, or sorry, Mitch, what are your thoughts on the uh, Steelers draft and what's your grade? I love this draft class. I'm going to give it an A. Uh, you know, just starting from the top, Roderick Jones, a guy who the past two years at Georgia has only given up two sacks, uh, right now battling for that left tackle position. Um, but if he's able to win it, I feel like he's talented enough that he can shore up that left tackle for the next decade and whatnot. Uh, you know, the Joey Porter Jr. pick, obviously you got to love the storyline with it, but you know, last year, very productive, 27 tackles, 11 pass breakups, didn't give up a touchdown. Uh, quarterbacks only completed 50% of their passes on him. Uh, I feel like he is really going to help shorten up that cornerback position. Keanu Benton's already starting at the nose tackle position and and, uh, showing why he was a second-round pick, Darnell Washington. Uh, You know, he was injured, so that's why he slid so much. But if he's able to get healthy and show what he did at Georgia, him and Pat Fryermuth could be a very scary very scary uh, tight end uh, duo for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Nick Herbrig obviously gives them great edge rushing depth and then doubling down at cornerback and offensive line, always a great idea. Uh, the only reason why I don't give like an A plus is probably just because they didn't uh, pick up a guy at the inside linebacker position. Even though they hit it heavy in free agency, uh, it would have been nice for them to get a guy and develop him um, and some long-term, more long-term commitment. Because I don't think the guys that they did pick up are on long-term deals anyway, so it could become an inside linebacker could become an issue in the next couple of years again. So it would have been nice to shore that up. Okay, um, I also love this draft, but I love it more than Mitch, and I give it an A plus. Um, wow, I, and I was I mean, about to say Skyler is our residential Steeler hater. Like I feel like he I, never I, has anything good to say about the Steelers. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, let me like I'm gonna go back and see if I've given any A pluses so far. This might be my first. Guys, guys, it might be my first. Oh my god, he's popped his A plus cherry. <laughs> At least this season. Oh nope, I gave Houston an A plus. Oh and Houston deserved Houston deserved an A plus. <laughs> um no, A, a plus for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, you shore up that offensive ta- uh, offensive tackle position. Broderick Jones comes in from Georgia. Um the reason I like it even more is because you traded with New England Patriots to screw the Jets out of a, out of an offensive tackle. Um, and for that, you get, you know, all of the grades. Um, but yeah, competing for that left tackle job. Um, I think he's definitely, I mean, Kenny Pickett was probably dancing when he saw that pick come in. Um, definitely needed it. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Um, one of the better defensive backs in this class. Um, and just kind of the story there too, with his dad being a Pittsburgh a Steeler with him being an in-state guy. Um, you, you're able to get him to come play for you. I think it's great. Um, he's definitely also fits the kind of uh uh mold of like a Steelers defensive back when you think of those big physical rangy kinds of guys. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. definitely gets up. I love both of the Wisconsin picks. I think Keanu Benton and Nick Herbert both add a lot of depth on that defensive line, um, especially as pass rushers and being able to get to the quarterback. I think you needed that. Um, and they both don't have to start right away. Um, 
it helps you a lot. And then the pick, I think really their steal of their draft is getting Darnell Washington in the third round. Um, a lot of people were talking about uh, his counterpart at Georgia being the better tight end, but Dar- Darnell Washington is big bodied wide receiver. Uh, big body receiver uh, can definitely is like an ex- like another tackle on the offensive line in terms of blocking again, fits exactly with what they need um, there, especially with Pat Fryermuth not playing as well as they wanted him to the last couple of years, getting Darnell Washington to kind of come in there. If you want to run a 12 scheme uh, on that offense, he can definitely get it, but he definitely can also split out a wide run as a wide receiver in the slot. If you need him to um, agree with Mitch, getting another cornerback, getting another offensive lineman later in the draft definitely works out for you, but they use their picks to their advantage. They got exactly what they needed. I don't have as much of a problem with them getting an inside linebacker in this draft, even though there was quite a few that you could have picked from. Um, but I love that they did this. And I think, you know, getting two Georgia players and then a bunch of big 10 kids, um, I think it definitely points to the kind of uh, physicality and the kinds of, uh, the kinds of uh, a scheme that, you know, Pittsburgh wants to run if it's exactly with what they want to do. And um, they did exit. They did amazing. Yeah, guys, this is crazy. Cause I also gave this draft an A plus. Um, hey Brady, Brady high five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it. End of episode. Um, so uh, uh, the, Oh, thank you, my darling. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ew, we don't need this on the podcast. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast, guys. I thought that was my name. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I list every episode as NSFW? Um, so um the so yeah, trading up for Broderick Jones was solid. Now I, I remember like watching this draft, and when I saw that they traded up, I knew Washington was thinking about a corner, and I was like, Okay, I I, I thought Pittsburgh was gonna draft Joey Porter Jr. at 14. I, I didn't think that they were going to focus on offensive line in the first round. They took Broderick Jones and I went, okay, I still really like that pick. Now I'm curious what they do in the second round. They start the second round, they draft, they trade up um, in order to grab the, you know, the equivalent of what would be a first round pick in most every other draft. And they take not only a legacy kid, not only a kid who's tied to one of the greatest stealers of all time, but a great player on his own, a player who fits a position of need in Joey Porter Jr. And the part that I really love, and I want to give a massive shout out, was ESPN was really trying to make a bigger deal out of Joey Porter Jr. to Pittsburgh than Joey Porter himself would allow. Like when they stuck, were sticking the cameras in his face, Joey Porter just kept referencing back to his son and saying, like, it's the work that he put in. It's what he's done. It's not about me. Yes, I played. I played for the Steelers. Yes, I'm an all-time great for them. But I don't think he, I don't think the Steelers drafted my son because of who I am. I think they drafted him on his own merits. And and I think that's absolutely what every football parent should do. I'm listening to you, baby Gronk's dad. Um, so, um, taking Joey Porter Jr. huge. Keanu Benton. I I I believed all the hype that Keanu Benton was going to go in the first round, and I was shocked when he didn't. And the fact that he fell into the second round and into a a little bit later into the second round than I thought he was going to go was huge. But for Pittsburgh to draft that guy, massive. Pittsburgh has been dominated by some great defensive tackles over the year. I think Keanu Benton has the ability to hop right back in there. Darnell Washington, I love this if Pittsburgh plans on running a lot of two tight end sets. I worry about where he's going to fit in the depth chart because I don't think he's a particularly fantastic run blocker and Pittsburgh is really going to need him to be very good at, at run blocking. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He'd be a big red zone weapon. But if, if, if that's how Pittsburgh's going to use him as a little bit more of a niche player, like, uh, uh, 
who was it? The Lions had somebody a couple years ago who was like six foot nine and he had like seven touchdowns and they all came within the two yard line, but I don't remember who it was. Um, Nick Herbig. I love a, cause he's a badger B because he gets to sit behind a guy who fits his game so perfectly in, in TJ Watt. I mean, it, guys talk about the rich getting richer, a pass rushing group, at least on paper of Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt and Nick Herbig with guys like, um, uh, Keanu Benton and Cameron Hayward, uh, Larry Ogunjobi on your insight. That is just, that's a mind blowing defensive front seven and some really quality depth on the secondary. I love this draft for Pittsburgh. I think this hits everything they needed. Again, I don't love that they didn't draft an interior linebacker. I don't love that they didn't go after a wide receiver, but with the picks that they had, I thought they did everything they could have done with them. I'm going to give it an A+. So with that being said, let's move on to Pittsburgh's schedule. They're going to kick the season off with a toughie at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, They then uh, stay at home for a game against Cleveland before two straight on the road at the Raiders at Houston back home against Baltimore for an, for an early season week six bye. They follow the bye with another cross-country trip going to the Rams before three straight at home against Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Green Bay. They then go two in division on the road at Cleveland, at Cincinnati, back home for Arizona and New England, at Indianapolis before closing the season off, um, home against Cincinnati, and then road trips to Seattle and to Baltimore. So with that being said, 9-8 and eight last year, a lot of weapons, real good draft um, from all of us here. Mitch, what do you have the Pittsburgh Steelers going in 2023? I think they're going to keep it up. Another 98 season and keeping that win streak alive. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunities with the schedule for them, the, the rack of wins. You know, getting the Browns early, I think, is is a very for, advantage for them. Uh, just because we don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to look like and get him early in the year when he st- might still be figuring things out. I think it's a great way for them to pick up a win. You know, playing the Raiders, the Texans, the the Rams, the the Colts, the Packers even. Uh, there's a lot of, in the cards. There's a lot of opportunities for them to pick up wins, but they also have some tough uh, opponents to play. I mean, week one against the 49ers, that's going to be uh, a slog it. The AFC North, obviously, is going to be tough for them. Um, and looking at their, you know, roster, uh, you know, they, they do bring in Allen Robinson, but, you know, he's had some issues uh, staying healthy and the production hasn't always been there. You know, the last years he was in Chicago and when he was most recently with the Rams. So uh, if he isn't able to play a prayer to where we think he can, then really your wide receiver group is really Pickens and Deontay Johnson, uh, which is – Weird considering how stacked the wide receiver position for the Steelers has been the past couple of years. Um, they made great additions to the offensive line, but we still need to see it to come together. Even though they did improve last year, they still gave up uh, almost 40 sacks. So hopefully with the new additions, they can get that together. Um, and you need Kenny Pickett, obviously, to take that step forward. Najee Harris needs to you know, average more than 3.8 yards a rush. Um, and the defense, even though I think it's still going to be great, I have questions with the secondary. Uh, it's definitely probably their most weak secondary in, in a, a lot of years for them. So uh, I still think there's some fatal flaws with the team, with this team. Um, so I'm going to go nine and eight again. Okay, so this this is where my Steeler hater comes in because I'm going seven and ten. Um, and again, this is not 
I do think that again, everything that I've said so far in this in this podcast is true. I Tomlin is a good head coach. Their draft was amazing, and I do have faith that they will be competitive throughout the season. But there are things that they that they do have to deal with. They play in one of the toughest divisions in football, um, and are on the AFC side, so they have to play Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland all uh, two times this year. Um, I think that they can, you know, either split those series or they might take an L, especially against Cincinnati. And I'm also thinking about, you know, their offense. I have a lot of questions on that offense. Like Mitch said, um, that offensive line, how is that going to develop and how is that going to move move forward? If that offense is going to be able to, um, if that offensive line can improve and you can get Najee Harris to be able to be more effective as a runner, then that's awesome. How is Kenny Pickett going to continue to improve? Like Brady said early to start this podcast, they were second in fumbles lost uh, last year. That is something that I, I mean, just the history of what I know in the NFL is something hard to get rid of. You just ask Daniel Jones. There was Daniel Jones. It had the turnover bug a lot to begin his career. Still kind of has it a little bit, but he's kind of cleaned it up so far. Um, or he cleaned it up a little bit last season. Um, can they be able to, can they change that and push it forward so that Kenny Pickett makes less of those mistakes and it allows, you know, he's able to get the ball to George Pickett. He's able to get the ball to uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, get get it to Najee Harris in the flat, you know, use Darnell Washington and Pat Farmuth as tight ends. Um, you brought, he brought up another great, great point. How does Allen Robinson develop as a wide receiver on this team? He's been kind of a disappointment in his last season with the bears this last season. Uh, in the previous season with uh, Los Angeles. So how does he continue to do that? I have so many questions on this offense, and I have faith that Mike Tomlin can get them at least going in the right direction and going in um, and doing well. But because of all those questions on the offensive side, I know Mike Tomlin is primarily a defensive coach. Um, that's where his strength is. That's what he, it, it lies in. And then there are, looking at the schedule, there are some 50-50 games. But I also think that, playing against, you know, Jacksonville, playing against Baltimore twice a year. Um, we've talked about how Cleveland has developed a little bit better as a defense. Um, those kinds of things, when they're facing some defenses, you know, even playing the Patriots later in the year, some of these teams that have some better defenses, I think are going to sneak up on them and play um, and are going to have to make Kenny Pickett think and be able to uh, to win those games. And I'm not sure if Kenny Pickett can do that yet. Tell me, Missy Elliott boys, because I'm gonna flip it and reverse it. I got them going ten and seven and making the playoffs. Um, uh, what seed? The seven. Okay. Um, uh, maybe the six, depending on tiebreakers. Um, I have to go back and relook at it. Um, but I actually think this schedule is a lot more favorable than a lot of people realize, and I think Pittsburgh ending last season on a winning streak. And with a very good draft class, has this team walking in with a lot more momentum than maybe people are are putting it up. It's really easy to get caught up in how good Cincinnati is. And they're very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But this is a Pittsburgh team that despite how bad they played for so much of the season last year, still went three and three in division. Pittsburgh's almost guaranteed to go three and three in division. So if I if I keep that in mind and I go, where are the other losses coming from? I don't see many teams that are fundamentally better than Pittsburgh. If you, if you say that they go 500 in division, which I think this team very much can, San Francisco, you know, made it to the NFC championship last year and lost week one led by Trey Lance. Now they're going to start Brock Purdy, who we've heard struggling in 
training camp so far was picked off four times by the Raiders in the joint practices um, and is coming off of an injury himself. Cleveland, you know, is a toss up with Deshaun Watson. We expect the Raiders to be bad. We don't think Houston's going to be very good. Baltimore's bringing in a new offensive coordinator and Lamar's coming off of another injury. Um, you know, the Rams are, are a toss up as to whether or not they're even going to be healthy at that point in the season. And let's talk about the Rams for a minute, because let's talk about Allen Robinson. Guys, we can sit here and say he struggled. Who were his two starting quarterbacks the last two seasons here? Like, let's talk about the fact that it was Matthew Stafford who got hurt, followed by a bunch of Joe Schmo, Joe Schmoes led by Baker Mayfield. And let's talk about um, uh, 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 who is Chicago's starting Boy, quarterback been, two years ago. Uh, no. Two years ago, it would have been Justin Fields. Well, no, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields came in. Was um, it Andy Dalton? Nick Foles. Uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah. Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. A rookie yeah. Justin Fields. It's not like he's playing with premium talent at quarterback. Now, is Kenny Pickett going to be better than any of those guys? Who knows, right? Absolutely, who knows? But let's not attribute so much of his statistical decline to a physical decline. And I think taking on a different role in the Pittsburgh offense, he could be very good. But – they have a little bit of a tough stretch here. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, Cleveland, Cincinnati. That's a tough five-game stretch. What's nice about it is they get the first three of those games at home. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, all in Pittsburgh, which is historically a tough place to play. But to end the season, Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, and then uh, Cincinnati, Seattle, Baltimore again. Guys, this is a, I think this is a favorable schedule for Pittsburgh. And I think with how good their defense was last year, if their offense is – two or three overall statistical places in the league better than they were. Pittsburgh has the opportunity to win a lot of these head-to-head games. You know that they're very good in division. And when you look at those, those non-divisional games, really their toughest opponents are Seattle, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and San Francisco. I think they can go two and two in those games. I think they're good enough to get to a, a, an overall winning record and a playoff spot when it's all said and done. So, with that being said, that's my big prediction that the Steelers will make the playoffs. Mitch, what big prediction do you have for the Steelers in 2023? I'll go with uh, Kenny Pickett's stat line will be 3,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 picks, and he completes 63% of his passes. 3,400, 17, 3,400 yards, Touch. 17 to, yep. to 10 touchdown to interceptions. And 63% of his passes. And 63. Yep. And that's good enough for them to win nine games. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Um, well, I mean, he had 2,400 is... last year and they won nine games. Fair also enough. had seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, and they won nine games. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, also, I mean, mine's that it's the first losing season under the Mike Tomlin era. But I've said that the last three seasons, and I've been wrong every time. So... Um, go until you're right. <laughs> I will go until I'm right, or until they prove to me that the roster actually. Yeah, the, and the, fir- the first season. Went, what... The first season, he said, at Pittsburgh won their first eleven consecutive games. <laughs> actually, let me no. Let me go back real quick and look at my <laughs> prediction for 2021. Like Tom definitely listens to our show. <laughs> it's like fuck that. I'm not allowed guy. anywhere. I'm not, I'm not allowed anywhere near. Yeah, I had them going seven and ten. <laughs> Have I ever picked them to not go seven and ten? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. No, I had them going six and eleven last year. You agreed with me though. Well, 
bitch, bitch had them being worse. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's like my big, that's my prediction. I think seven and ten. Um, they're probably not going to go seven and ten. They're probably going to do better than that. Seventeen. Um, seventeen in a row, exactly. No, I just I think that it's it's one of those things, Skylar, where I think that you're gonna keep saying it until you're right, and then once you're right about it, that's the only thing you're gonna remember. Um, So, uh, with that, my big prediction that they end up making the playoffs. Don't know how well they're gonna do, but I think that that you know when I look at the Chargers last year, it's not out of the realm for me for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. Um, Fair enough, Mitch. If you had to pick one team um, or one uh, factor that's going to uh, make or break the Steelers in 2023, what would it be? I think that player is going to be Alex Highsmith. Obviously, he had a great year last year, having 14 and a half sacks. But I think a big question is, was that just one year amazing? And he goes back to how he has played the past couple of years. He's been a Pittsburgh Steeler. Or is this the jumping point for him to be uh, continue that? Because if he's able to be the guy that we saw last year, maybe not as many as 14 and a half, but still double-digit sacks, then – uh, having that in TG Watt is really going to help out this defense, especially, like I said before, the secondary is a little suspect to me. Uh, so if they're able to get that constant pressure and get rack up the sacks between those two, obviously that's going to give the secondary a lot more time and make them a little bit better and help propel this team forward. But if Alex Highsmith, Alex Highsmith takes that step back to where he has been previously, then obviously the majority of your production is coming from TG Watt. Uh, again and that's going to hurt the team so I feel like Alex Hightsmith is the uh, make or break player. Tyler how about you? Um, I'll do the Kenny Pickett George Pickens uh, connection I think that if they can play well and you know develop into you know the next coming of Big Ben and insert wide receiver here um, you know Heinz Ward uh, Antonio Brown any of those guys where like we know where it's like, you know, where the ball is going and they're not going to stop it. I mean, I think we all, I, at least I thought George Pickens getting picked by the Steelers was a, was a big, was, was a great move for them last year. I definitely, I think I remember I wanted him, I projected him going to the, the Packers mm-hmm. and he, when he didn't, I was kind of upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mitch was also upset when that didn't happen. Um, But yeah. he, uh, George Pickens was able to stay healthy and he was able to, um, have some production. He led the team in receiving touchdowns at four. And so we can see that there's kind of, there's already kind of connection. And I mean, the highlight reels are giving all Pittsburgh Steelers hopes about what George Pickens can do this season. And if, um, if those two can play well, um, then I think that uh, then the, the playoffs are a real possibility. Um, So I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the running back position. Um. Pittsburgh is not an offense as it stands right now that can survive without a running game, unfortunately. Um, they they need to have a running game and it needs to be productive. Like Mitch said, you know, Mitch brought up a couple of times. What did Najee average? 3.8 rushing yards um, per attempt. Yeah. Like as a team, you averaged 4.1. If Kenny Pickett is your second running option, fine. Like that's, that's fine, right? We're going to see how it works with Cleveland. We've seen how it works with Baltimore. We've seen it in various different parts of the league. Arizona's had success success with it. Philadelphia, obviously, last year had a huge amount of success with it. You know, like like it it works. You know, it's understandable. That's fine. But 
I think it comes down to that running back room. And honestly, if I was Pittsburgh, I've got street free agents like Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and Kenyon Drake, who are all still walking around there, unless one of them's been signed that I've forgotten about. No. Um, I know I know Kareem Hunt's had a couple of visits, but I don't think he's been signed so anywhere. Dalvin Cook. So, you know, so like any of those guys, you go out and pick up any of those guys who all serve different functions. So whether you're using them more as a receiving back like Kareem Hunt or Kenyon Drake, more of a, a standard guy like Dalvin Cook or just a third down bruiser like Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette, you've got to get some other running back weapon in there and your running game really has to improve. That does ultimately come down to your offensive line and especially your interior offensive line as well. So we can sit there and put the emphasis on Isaac Suamalo, who they just brought in, Mason Cole, and then James Daniels, who was signed from uh, Chicago a couple of years ago. Skyler was very high on Pittsburgh signing James Daniels, but it it's it hasn't worked out as – I'm not going to say it hasn't worked out. He's he's a very average guard in the NFL, but I would I, they need to see a little bit more out of him there, and hopefully bringing in Suamalo kind of helps that as well. Um, but – you got to get a push and that, that running back room really has to step up when Pittsburgh is at their best. They're at their best with a tandem of very good running backs. I'd like to see them go back to that tandem, give Najee a little bit of a breather. Actually a running thing in our last couple of episodes has been, why hasn't this guy gotten more touches? Why hasn't that guy gotten more carries? Maybe Najee Harris needs fewer touches, fewer carries. Maybe you need to spread the wealth a little bit more. So with that being said, That will wrap up our Pittsburgh Steelers preview. We will be coming back uh, as we venture back to the NFC North for the third time and talk about the Detroit Lions, a team who maybe has some of the highest expectations of any team that we've covered so far this season. We'll see if the Lions can win the NFC North for the first time ever. They've never won it since it's been called the North. Um, And we'll talk about how they did in 2022 and our expectations for them in 2023 we appreciate you guys for tuning in email us your thoughts fourth string sp at gmail.com follow us on twitter on facebook on spotify on apple pot or google podcasts wherever you listen um you know let us know how we're doing email us your thoughts and have a fantastic day everybody